This is Moment of Hope brought to you by the Missionary Church Association in Jamaica. I am your host, Minister and Life Coach, Marja Elaine Francis, welcoming you to the program. Good morning, listeners. Parenting is an awesome responsibility that God has entrusted to those who become mothers and fathers. It doesn't come with a manual, but parents navigate. They learn how to navigate the space as they go along, be it a son or a daughter. And of course, having the support of grandma, grandpa, and aunts, uncles, and so many other persons that help. Yes, we know the popular saying, it takes a village to raise a child and they get the support that they need along the journey. Today, we want to focus on the reality of some families where outside of the nuclear, the blended or single parent family setting, mothers and fathers are engaged in co-parenting relationships. Just how does that work? Now, co-parenting is a process where two parents work together to raise a child, even though they are maybe divorced, separated, and they're no longer together, but they find a way to make it work in the best interest of their child or children. My guest today is Sandrina Davis. She's a mom and a member of the Franklin Town New Testament Church. And she will be telling us just how well does she do the co-parenting and of course, some of the challenges that she would have encountered and just to share her journey with us. Sandrina Davis, welcome. Thanks, Marja Elaine. Great to be here again. It's good to have you. And today you're going to be sharing with us your parenting journey. But before you get into all of that, we want to hear a bit. Who is Sandrina Davis? All right. So Sandrina is just a lover of people and a servant at heart. Um, I really want people to know that who I am is just somebody who just enjoys being around others, supporting others, being there for others and just, you know, impacting lives as I go along it it really is who I am that's who you are and that includes being a mom how long have you been a parent well I have one son and he is 13 years old so I feel like you know I'm a veteran in the business right now (laughs) some years of experience under my belt years of experience with a son now with with that experience you have been doing what is called co-parenting along with his father I'd love for you to describe for our listeners your co-parenting relationship today I'm very excited to say that I enjoy a healthy um co-parenting relationship it wasn't always like that um and I wanted to start there because, you know, everybody's reality is different. And I think for persons who are in relationships and children come into the picture, you really envision a nice fairy tale, happy life, you know, raising yes. your children or your child in a very wonderful environment. And I think for a lot of parents, and I, I'm going to speak for women because, you know, that's the, that's the angle um, when you realize that your dream or your fairy tale 
is not necessarily going the way that you want it to go. It doesn't mean it's a nightmare. It just means that it's not going in the direction that you planned. Um, sometimes that can affect your emotions. So early stages when I would have realized, okay, I'm, we're going to be doing this in separate spaces, uh, my emotions would have gotten the better of me at that point, you know, because you hurt. Not, nothing to do with the child, nothing to do with the parenting, but you, if you feel a way that it's not going to be the way that you would want it to be and right. so and so you have all these emotions and you um you in my opinion like I would have not dealt with it the best way in the early stages you know I was up in my feelings and it's something I'd want to tell um single parents or co-parenting or people who are raising children apart that you have to check your feelings check your feelings the moment you check your feelings then you can move to the next stage so I was in my feelings I was upset about everything that you know, <laughs> the father would do whether it was right or wrong. Sometimes I never did nothing. We did just vex. Um, and when I analyze that, in fact, I'll be very honest, the moment of transformation would have been, you know, when the my son's father looked at me and said, Why well, I can't do this. <laughs> it, it, this is not going to work if you're gonna be like this. Um and we ended up having a conversation about what was most important to us. And we had the same answer. Most important to us was our child. And we said, you know what? Let's just try to make it about him. Um, it has not always been the smoothest thing. But because we made sure that we kept the focus, the focus, then we talk through things, jump over the hurdles, and do the things that need to be done to make sure that one of the things I think we forget is that kids also feed off of us oh yes so are picking up on you know the attitude or the disrespect if any of that is there and you don't want to pass that on to a child because a child will feel like it's their fault they're the reason you know why the parents can't get along or they're the reason why the parents are at odds and so early on we didn't want him to feel like he was at fault no child has ever asked to be here right we went <laughs> And got him in the picture. Right, right. Oh, that he didn't ask to come and he's here. Do I want to ruin his life, make him an emotional mess, or do I want to give him the best that we can give him? And so we decided we didn't want him to grow up sad. We didn't want him to grow up angry. We didn't want him to grow up feeling like he didn't have love on both sides. And it is a work in progress every day, but we've gotten so much better at it over time. And mm -hmm. it's in it involves a lot of conversation discussions and you know I don't know if you're if you want me to go into that but to, I could share how we've been able to to do that certainly I was about to ask you how important is the conversation aspect of the co-parenting there are a couple of things that I think are important number one we must always remember that it takes two people to bring a child into the world so even if one is playing the dominant role, right? Always remember that you didn't do this alone. So my son lives with me, right? However, he spends time with his dad. Um, because they're separate homes, there has to be communication. I make no decision about my child without involving his father. If I scold him, I call and I say, he did this at school, this is what I did. Um, and it helps because sometimes you want to make sure that you're on the same page because children are smart. Oh, and yes, at they time, are. 
master manipulators and they can play both sides. So you want to be communicating. If the grades come in, I share. If there's a meeting at the school, I share. If he's ill, I call and I say, I'm going to the doctor. And he will say, okay, I will meet you guys there or I'm not able to come today or let me take him instead. Um, because we try to make sure that we are sharing the information. Nothing, no decision is made with the about the child that we don't confer with each other. If it's travel, if it's a major purchase, regardless of who is spending, the information is shared. Because there are times when I will say, I'm going to do this. And he says, no, I don't think that we should. Um, and we have to talk it through. Sometimes, you know, you get, the decision is all right go ahead and sometimes we have to decide all right let's pause on this and come back to it another time because we're not agreeing on it uh, but one of the things that has helped so much is that we talk about everything relating to the child we share that um it, it's not like a 24-hour you know open line where you can call and it was in the night and it was a day because people are living their separate lives but maybe an email or maybe a message to say you know, this day is consultation. I'm thinking you should go or are we going up there together? Um, and a lot of times we realize that that helped our child. And I'm going to share something. When he was in prep school, he went through a period where he could not understand why his parents didn't live under the same roof because everybody else in the class had their parents together. Uh -huh. um, and... You know, we had to talk him through it, explain as best as we could. And then, you know, as parents, you can kind of use other things to make it bright. So I was like, but you have two TVs, you know, you have two cars, you have two houses, you know, and just kind of put another spin on it to kind of make sure that he didn't feel dejected um, because he didn't have both parents in the same space and and because we were always you know back and forth and sharing with each other he realized that he had love on both sides yes um and we work hard to put respect in front of him it don't mean we don't get angry or i'm not upset with something but we don't try to put it in front of him so we have our huddles outside of his presence so i will quarrel still you know or take my frustration you know um, but we try not to do it in front of him. And like I said, it's it's a process. Some days we, it was not so great. It never worked out so good. Um, but over the years, he's 13 now, so we would have had quite a number of years to kind of make the journey much easier and much better. But I do think that it's so worth it because I don't know that parents understand what happens to the children when there's disharmony across the parents you know i am so enjoying listening to you share share that and highlighting the importance of recognizing that as the two adults mother and the father that though you have your emotions though you have your own ideas of how things are to work is to always think about the child's well-being which I think sometimes we forget to get lost on the adults but I'm happy that you're highlighting think about the child's well-being and not because you're not living under the same roof it doesn't mean that the conversation should be any less the decision making should be any less but you keep the connection going 
and of course help the child to understand that they're still loved, still valuable, yes? Now you would have shared how you have been doing it and you said it's a process, Sandrina. Some persons may be listening and say, wow, I wonder how long it took her to get to that process <laughs> because right over here, it's so difficult. And for other persons, they may be saying, yes, I can so relate to this. It's working out. Co-parenting is working for me and my child's father or my child's mother. I'd love for you to also share what are some of the challenges that persons are likely to encounter in a co-parenting arrangement? I think one of the main challenges would be differences in how you raise children, you know, um, and there are major differences in how I raise and how he his dad raises him, you know. Um, and I went in the early stages when I would book those differences, I would have met them with arguments you know pick up the phone and call why you do this why you never do that why you did this what you know and as you are realizing that the more you rile yourself up and the more you create an argument and you sow seeds of discord that you're still not getting the result that you want i can't stress how important the discussions are it don't mean that they're always soft voice discussions and the tone is nice and sweet mm -hmm. but that be the space is there for perspective and everybody puts their hat in the ring. You can't, I've learned a lot along this journey. Number one, I'm raising a boy. Number two, I cannot be a father even if I've tried. Yes. So those things I've learned, especially as he's getting older and I'm more emotional and I want to talk about everything and ventilate it deep, you know? Yeah. Um, but sometimes on the other side, it's more absolute. It's black, it's white, it's green. And I've had to learn that because I also didn't want to teach my child to do things just the way I do it. So the first challenge would be the differences in how we raise, we raise, you know, I'm like, you need to do your homework. No, this, that, that, that maybe, well, not maybe when he gets this, that he could do something else first before he does his homework. Yeah. Or I am, I'm, I'm saying, no, I'm not buying you this phone. I'm not buying you this. You don't need a clock. So you don't need a, that on the other side, he's going to get it. You know what I mean? And so what we've had to do is really just be talking about how we parent differently. What is the end result that we want? And some, and if the, re the real thing is sometimes now I make decisions that someone like a decision his dad would make and vice versa. And that's because we're conversing. The other challenge would be early stages when you've not yet worked through what your emotions are. So for a lot of parents, how we relate is because you know we left and some of us never ready to live yet you know what I mean so a lot of times all the emotions we exhibit have nothing to do with the children some of us are still connected to our partners we may still in love or still in like and for me in those early years I had to sit down work through those emotions because let's be honest if a relationship has failed and as we say we don't want this person anymore what would be the challenge with trying to make sure that a child grows up in a healthy environment. So I'd say to parents, really sit down and ventilate what you're feeling. What is this emotion? And when you find out and you drill down, how do I deal with that? Um, and so I said at the beginning, in the early years, I was up in my feelings, you know, and that was one of my challenges. Um, so how we parent, how you deal with your emotions. And I think thirdly, that you, that 
I struggled at the beginning with trying to come out as the better parent, you know, want to be the better parent. Oh, it's not a competition. There you go. You close the chapter. It's not a competition. So I had to learn that as well. I had to learn that as well. Thank you so much for just being candid in sharing those, Sandrina. My guest today is Sandrina Davis, a mom and a member of the New Testament Church of God. And we have been discussing co-parenting, where she has been sharing her journey. What are some of the positives of doing so? What are some of the challenges that parents are likely to encounter in a co-parenting relationship. Sandrina, I'd love for you to share, you know, being a Christian not, and a mom, a mom of a boy, and just the real responsibility that you have had to carry as a mom. I said earlier that it doesn't come with a manual being a parent. You know, how has your relationship with God, who has entrusted you with a son, how has your relationship been with him? as a parent i i, I want to start by saying i think a lot of people who would be listening their first brush with parenting was not something that they would have planned you know many people stumbled into parenting um the plan for my life or the time that i would be a mother was not the time when i had my son um it was way off timing and so that was a very sobering moment for me and i didn't want to screw up this young life. I relied a lot actually on my faith and, and God to take me through. Um, I struggled at the beginning with accepting the fact that this is a blessing, especially because the timing wasn't right, you know? When I crossed that hurdle and realized that, okay, the circumstances are not the, the, the most ideal that I would have planned out, yes. but take away the fact that this is a gift that I was given. And now, just in regular terms, when you get a gift, you want to put it up safely. You mm -hmm. want it there. You want to look back at it and say, you know, remember when uh, Marjolaine gave me this? I decided that I wanted to nurture this gift and I wanted to take care of this gift. And so I started to make sure that I was prepared. So I don't discredit external information. I was reading what to expect and you're expecting, what to expect in the first year. I was buying parenting books. I was watching YouTube. I was talking to other parents. And then I also relied heavily on the manual. What does my heavenly father do to me as his child? He gives me what I need, not what I want, but what I need. And so I've made it my duty to make sure that I provide my child with what he needs. The ones sometimes come from the other side, <laughs> but <laughs> what he needs, he's going to get. And he gets a lot of love. He gets a lot of love. He is sure of himself. He's confident in who he is because I've made sure that I've planted those scriptural seeds in him. He knows that he's royal. He knows that the plans that God has for him are good plans. He knows that he's the head and not the tail. Like I tell him those things and I back that up with my listening ear. I listen to my child. I listen to him. I listen to what bothers him, what hurts him, what offends him, what he doesn't like. Um, and he'll tell you, he'll tell me, you know, why, why you said that about my dad? <laughs> you know, <laughs> mom, I don't like how that sound. Um, and because I've created that aspect of listening, it helps with, with the parenting journey. But, but God has been the rock in all of this. Um, 
those of us who are of strong faith, ideally one would you want to be married and raising your children, you know, that is the master plan. Um, and when the plan shifts or the plan changes, you really have to go back to the master builder. Oh, yes. And what do you want me to, to do this now that it's not how it was intent, designed? And I find that the, the master builder is great at fixing things that are broken and and giving direction as to how you can still do your very best, even in different circumstances. And I think recognizing all of that has helped. And dare I tell somebody that God would want you to work out something healthy that allows your child to have access to both parents. Jamaica has reduced good good parenting to who to, to financial support, right? There are many people, mothers and fathers, who do not have the resources, but they may be the ones to, to pick up the child every day or listen to the child or yes. play. Don't rob your child of the 2% or the 3% that they can get from their parent because you are looking for the 56% or the 60%. Allow them to start right where they are and you could be surprised how it grows. I remember saying that, you know, he needs to go to his dad early stages. Well, I'm not going over in Vado. No, I cannot get my son to come back to their house. (laughs) (laughs) Where he wants to be. So sometimes we kind of have to allow them to start where they are and watch it grow. Um, And, you know, give it some time. Give it some time. Give it some time. There's just so much more that we could explore as we focus on co-parenting, but we have to close. As we as we focus those, Sandrina, this month, it's parent month, as we know it, and the theme is reignite the village. What word of hope do you have for parents? I mean, you've been doing it for 13 years, co-parenting. What word of hope do you have for parents who may be struggling to make a co-parenting arrangement work or just having a struggle thinking that maybe I'm not having this parenting thing pat as I really would have loved it to? What would you say to persons like that this morning? I struggle with wondering if I'm the best parent, if I'm doing all the things right. But then I, I, I have to remind myself that it's just one day at a time. And so I want to say to a parent this morning, you get up on Sunday, you work through Sunday with everything that's in you. And then you commit Monday to the Lord and you do the same thing again. If you are thinking about how do you get, you know, co-parenting to start and to work, start by forgiving yourself and forgiving the other person. Um, and I mean, real forgiveness. Once you've, once you've dealt with all that's in your heart, you'd be surprised how much strength you find to kind of push through the other parts and have those simple conversations start small. It could be an hour to say, you know, maybe you should talk to him or, you know, meet on him, meet him after school this week or whatever and just start small um, and make it as uncomplicated as possible and make sure that you take your feelings out of it. Because if we follow our feelings, if we want to be honest, it will lead us to places that we, we just regret going. To parents who are saying, she can go and talk about co-parenting. This is not going to work for me because this person is this and that person is that. Your reality is your reality. But invite the father of all fathers and the mother of all mothers into the mix of things. And that is our heavenly father. 
who knows all about us and knows all that we need and he will help you through it. It sounds very, you know, I, 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 it sounds like a fairy tale, but I promise you, as somebody who has benefited from that kind of fairy tale support, so to speak, God will help you and he will provide the right people. We're talking about the village. So until you're able to work your healthy co-parenting path, you have grandparents, you have aunties, you have godparents, you have church brethren, you have co-workers, you have siblings. So use up the village and seek counsel, seek advice, get the support that you need because the end result is a healthy, happy, productive child that will contribute positively to the Jamaican society. And if that is your goal, you're going to do everything possible to make sure that that happens um, because we don't need any more damaged kids to turn into adults because that's going to create bigger problems. And so you want to be trying to see how you're going to make sure that your child grows up loved, not lacking or wanting anything, especially from an emotional or parenting side. Um, and so that's what I would say this morning. Sandrina, thank you so much for choosing to share your parenting journey with us this morning. May I remind you, the Missionary Church Association in Jamaica brings moments of hope to you every Sunday at 7.30 a.m. Thanks to my guest, Sandrina Davis. Thanks to you, our listeners. If you need prayer counseling or further information, call the Missionary Church Association office at 9241378 or WhatsApp 79105271. Also, link us on Facebook at Moments of Hope MCAJ with your comments. I am Marja Elaine Francis. Regardless of what you encounter in life, there is hope. And there is power in prayer. Hebrews 11 verse 6 reminds us that God rewards those who earnestly seek him. I invite you to pray by yourself or join with a family member or a friend. And let us pray being mindful that God answers prayers. Tune in again next week for another moment of hope.